Podcast Network Asia. Because I don't know when else I can squeeze in a question like, do you like pineapple on your pizza? You know, things like that. So do you? Sometimes. It's not my favorite, but I'm not I'm not completely anti. I won't throw it, I won't throw anybody out the door because hmm. they brought it in my house. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Ah. What are you yeah. watching on Netflix right now? Do you even have time to watch Netflix? I do. I do. I take the time to do it because I do like to um you know, decompress from time to time. Of I'll watch a, occasionally like Korean dramas with my wife if she has them on, but for the Aww. most part, I use that just to try to learn. Um, <laughs> what is the best fashion advice that you ever got? Fashion advice? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you guys are on YouTube right now, Instructor Aaron is wearing pink, okay? And I always <laughs> admire men who rock pink. It's awesome. It's like, a good color for me. I don't know. It matches it my is. skin. Know. You know what? It is. It is. It bl- it brings out like the blush in you or something. Yeah. It's Only nice. I think I think that was you guys. You guys bringing out the blush in me. I think. <laughs> hey Doritos. I don't know why I said it like that. No, I know. I know because today's episode is a little different. Um, we haven't really done an episode where we got alone time with Instructor Aaron. We're gonna get that today. I mean, Instructor Aaron has been on the show now for, I don't know, I'm not really counting, but it's been a couple of months, Instructor Aaron, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. fast though, really fast to be honest. Yeah, yeah. and we've always had a friend join us, but today um, we thought that maybe we can just, you know, do like a one-on-one because I feel like <laughs> we don't really get to talk when we're not recording the podcast. and we love these conversations with you. And we thought like, Hey, why don't we do like a, you know, like a little more personal episode. I mean, we have a question that's coming in from a listener today as well. And we'll get to that, but yeah, it's a long time. QT mm-hmm. quality time with instructor Aaron today. You got me nervous. Yeah. I'm all <laughs> nervous. <laughs> you know, on the you hot seat. <laughs> no, you know what? That is actually how I, how I feel about maybe like, I wonder if instructor Aaron feels like we're constantly grilling him. On the show has that been your experience on the show so far i wouldn't say grilling but you know definitely using i mean and i think that's an important that's why i want to be here right i don't want to be just here for you know for my looks right no i'm just kidding but um <laughs> for, i want to be useful so if you guys you know really want to ask questions i'm definitely okay with some of the more difficult questions um if i can mm-hmm. answer it clearly then great sometimes i feel like you know i'm i there's so much to explain so i'm talking you know quite a bit um, so that's why I do like the questions because it breaks it up a little bit. And then you guys maybe can kind of touch the hearts of the, the people that are listening too, because I'm sure they have, you know, similar questions at times. So, so no, I don't feel like you guys are grilling me. You guys are nice. You know, I like being here. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Like show the people we're just normal, right? We're normal people. I promise. Right. We're just average people that, that are just happen to believe in this thing. That's, that's really happening at this point, at this moment. So it kind of helps to show that it's not, you don't have to be anything special to actually believe in this. Just like at the time of the first coming, it was the same, right? It wasn't anybody special that decided they wanted to believe in Jesus. It was really just, just anybody like average people. And I think that sometimes when people first find out about Shinshinji or they find about, you know, some of the things that have been going on, they, they might have a, a tendency to have these you know misconceptions about the type of people that are a part of it. So that's one thing that I'm actually thankful for, especially for this. I'm really thankful to you guys for, you know, Aww. allowing me to show I am just a normal person. I promise. Well, maybe they don't think I am. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what they think of me. <laughs> to be honest, but funny you say that about the first coming. Because remember, Sam, when we were first studying, and I was like, man, what if we lived in during the first, you know, the time of the first coming, and then there was there was Jesus trying to preach, and right. he's just like an average Joe. I mean, I was like asking Sam, what kind of uh, like friend would I have been to her back then? Would I be the, would I be like, hey, let's go listen to the guy or totally judging Jesus by his looks because he's like average Joe. I mean, below average Joe, if you know, we go by scripture, right? Yeah, yeah not very attractive. Apparently yeah, that's what he yeah. says. Just, you know, regular guy, right? regular guy. So. So do you, like, has that been your experience as well? Because as you were mentioning earlier, I think a lot of people, you know, because they've never heard of this church, or maybe when they get a little bit into the things that you guys are proclaiming, or when you share your understanding, because some of it is not, maybe it kind of deviates a little bit from what has been taught. 
sure. um, yeah. for a long time. And so, you know, have you been on the receiving end of that kind of, I don't know if persecution is too strong a word, but let's just say persecution. Oh, yeah. I think uh, most people at some point that I've talked to has something, whether it's from family or friends or even work or things like that. Um, I've been blessed enough not to have, you know, too much harshness, I would say, you know, I didn't have people physically trying to abuse me, but there was, oh, gosh, I hope being, not. yeah, I know it's happened. It's happened. You know, we've had <gasps> actually, there's been people that have been, uh, there's four cases in particular that are talking about people that have died that are part of Shinchinji as a result of persecution. So it's something that we talk about, you know, from time to time to try to make that known. Uh, a lot of it had to do with what's called coercive conversion. Um, that's a whole nother, you know, crazy thing that we could talk about. Uh, luckily, that's been tapering off, uh, you know, here in Korea. It's not something that is, you know, as active as it was. Um, but the persecution itself, I mean, being here in Korea, I have had people, you know, yell at me. I've had them spit in our direction. I mean, you know, crazy that things like that. That is not true. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've even had somebody on the, uh, I think it was on the, was it on the bus or was on it? No, I think it was on the subway when they, they, they found out somehow or they heard us something like they were across me going, you know, like giving me a cross and oh. like I was a vampire. Oh. <laughs> Wait, people actually do that in real life? Like that? Yes. Mean, yeah, oh I know, right? my gosh. I know. I know. And Horrible. that's just, that's just those type of things when there's like demonstrations going on or things like that. I've been, I've, been a part where we've walked from point a to point b and there's big demonstrations they're yelling at us through loudspeakers and you know that kind of thing but then on just an average daily you know type of thing that you deal with it could be you know family or friends that maybe they've never let's say not in korea let's just say outside they've never really heard about it but then all of a sudden they look it up and they're going to find mostly bad stuff because that's just what's out there right now on the internet people can just put whatever they want um, most of it has been debunked. You know, a lot of it's anecdotal evidence, you know, what they actually went through. And then they say, oh, well, this is what Shinchenji is, which is just, you know, nonsense. But people, you know, of course, they like all the country. We've talked about this before, right? They like the controversy. People mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff. So if your friend or family sees that, then what are they going to do? They're going to try to, you know, quote unquote, save you, right, from this evil cult Shinchenji. So they're going to try to bring you out of it. And if you don't listen to them, then it starts getting to the point where persecution can now, you know, enter. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to start off this, you know, quality time with instructor Aaron on a persecution note. I mean, you know, <laughs> we could work up to that, right? But I'm sure there was a time where you first encountered this teaching, you started learning about it, you learned where it was coming from. You know, what was that process like yeah. for you? Even though it was years, it's almost 20 years ago, and I'll still remember exactly what happened. I can see it in my mind, you know, the whole, that's how much of a shock it actually is. But when I first started like studying, I was really getting into just trying to understand the Bible in many different ways. So I was all into all the numerology and, and, you know, the uh, crazy things that at that time that YouTube wasn't, you know, a big thing, but I was reading, like watching tapes and, you know, a lot of, um, was it uh, commentary Bibles and things of that nature. I was really just trying to figure it out. Just really wanted to know all about the mysteries of the Bible and things like that. Um, even the Bible code. I remember reading the, the book, the Bible code and things of this nature. <clears throat> so when I started learning this, I realized, wow, this is really, really just amazing teaching. But there was times that it was conflicting with what, you know, these fantastical things that I had learned before. And the way that you have to, you know, kind of approach that is just set it aside, you know, and see which one makes more sense all the way from beginning to end. Because if something that you believe, it makes sense in Genesis, but it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the Bible at all. It makes absolutely no sense that you look at it that way. And then you see another way to look at it that is consistent all the way through the Bible. Well, then as a logical person, you should be like, okay, that's probably the better way to look at it. So some of those things I had to put aside, but I remember a lot of struggles that I had to go through of learning these teachings, but then something that I had learned before, and then that battles inside of you. And that really is that spiritual battle. If what you learned before is, you know, not the truth, but is actually a lie, then that those words are spirit, right? That's what the word is. The word is spirit. So if you have this, you know, teaching inside of you, that's the spirit, then it's not going to want to leave. Satan doesn't want to just leave the house that he's in. So what did Jesus say? He says, you know, John 15, three, you are clean because the word I have spoken to you. So when you receive the word of truth, that's like the water of life that you're washing all those false teachings.
but it doesn't, it's not an easy thing. Sometimes you got to scrub, right? You really got to wash because you could be, you know, pretty dirty, pretty filthy in your mind, if you will. Take a long bath. Yeah. Right. So the works <laughs> and go through it again and again and again, you know, that's why the Ezekiel Ezekiel 47, you got the river it's ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, and then so um, deep that you can't swim across. It really just means continuously washing and understanding, understanding, understanding. Wow. So that was, it was, it was really hard. And by the time I got to, you know, revelation, I knew that there was something going on. I mean, I'm like, there's no way that you could be explaining revelation this clearly unless something's going on. So we went and we asked the instructor, like, and at this time there was, there was much shorter lessons. It was, you know, really compact. And I remember asking like, you know, there, you have to tell us like what's going, there's gotta be something going on, you know, oh like, my gosh, not, you ambushed him, you know, her actually. Yeah. It was oh, her. Her. And and I remember she took us down and we went to, we went to go eat. We, so we took us downstairs into this really cool little restaurant. We were getting this, you know, this meal. And she's like, okay, I've got to, I've got to tell you guys, you know, um, <gasps> revelations actually being fulfilled. And that's why you can understand <laughs> these teachings and stuff. And I just remember like eating, just going, yeah, that makes perfect sense. How oh. else could you, like, how else could it possibly have, you know, there's no way that you could be telling me these things unless it's literally happened. So that's why the teachings are so important to be taught in this way, because by the time you get told that truth, you have the ability to believe it, right? If you get hit in the face with it right away, of course, no one's going to, that's why when people say, oh, why don't you say, you know, like be upfront about everything right away? Because honestly, if you walked up and you just said, hey, revelations being fulfilled, the promised pastor is here, you know, this, that, and the other. This <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, what is he on? I want something. I want something. Exactly. So my, uh, the way I like to explain it, it's like setting down a bunch of pillows before you, you know, push somebody and knock them over because you got to have something to land on. So if you look back, if you tell them that, and then you look back, they have the ability to be, you know, open-minded and to be able to look back logically at all the lessons, then they have that ability. But a lot of people don't. It's a very emotional thing. Religion can be a very emotional thing, which it shouldn't be. It's, it should be more logic. Emotion's always there, but it should be more logical. But unfortunately, you know, people don't treat it like science. You no, know? I mean, they, they think it's the an- antithesis. That's, right. a t- that's a tough word for me. Antithesis of <laughs> <It's> science. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Because I, I guess that kind of answers my, another question that I had for you, because when we see you, share this knowledge on the podcast you're very calm you're very logical and rational and you know all that stuff and sometimes i come away from recording and i'm like gosh if he really believes that this is the time of second coming and all of this is really happening and this is all true how can he be so stark raving calm because the second (laughs) coming is a big deal like this is the biggest deal for us believers today right yeah how can he be so calm and I figured it was because you had all these years to process it, but it sounds to me like by the time you were told, you were just like, that is exactly the answer that I'm looking for. That's gotta be it. Well, I wasn't even looking for it, you know, really as far as like the fulfillment of revelation or anything, I didn't really concern myself with revelation at all. I didn't think that the world was going to be around long enough for, you know, me to be, you know, me to see it, to be quite honest, the way that the world was, has been consistently going towards destruction for a long period of time. So in my mind, and you know, the a lot of the scholars at the time, biblical scholars, were like, "Yep, you know, the world's coming to an end soon." You know, that type of thing. Maybe <laughs> part of part of me is just the demeanor that I have. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's other people that freak out, but and I have had the opportunity. There are times I think sometimes God just suppresses it because if you <laughs> if I had that moment of you know being able to freak out, then you know I think I don't think that my emotions could handle if you constantly thought about it. But at the same time, the chairman says that all the time, if you really truly believe this, then you wouldn't be able to not continue to do stuff, right? You wouldn't have to tell, nobody would have to tell you to do like the work of evangelism or studying and sealing yourself or, you know, whatever it is, whatever the volunteer efforts that we're making, the piecework. If you really truly believe what time you're living in, that knowledge and understanding is what, you know, makes you actually do the motions, right? Go through the mode, the spirit within you moves the flesh. So I guess that's how I freak out. My freak out is doing this work all the time, you know, that type of thing. But I, I mean, would it really help anybody? You know, if I was like, you know, the world is the revelation, you know, woo, you know, like, I don't think it would really help anybody. Right. They, you know, so did you ever want to give up at one point? 
Mm. Like, did you ever find it like, oh, this is kind of, um, I don't know, like difficult, but then you were blown away instantly. I, I never wanted to leave the teachings that I can remember. There's no point that I ever said, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Like in my heart or my mind, I don't ever remember feeling that I do. All, I mean, there have been doubts always. I mean, of course I'm human. So there's going to be doubts that actually, you know, into your mind and, and Satan's going to always be you know playing with that too. So in those moments of doubt, all I did was I would, for me personally, for me, I would go back to the teachings on the tree of life. There are particular like teachings that become like an anchor, if you will. Oh. And let me explain. Let me see if I can explain. So the tree of life is something that nobody's been able to understand, right? Or explain in a very you know, decent way in any way, the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the fact that I can explain that, not just that it can be taught to me, but I personally can explain in detail so clearly using the scriptures perfectly what the tree of life is in Genesis through the Old Testament, right? The time of the first coming all the way to the time of revelation. And it's the exact same understanding. And I can literally understand what the tree of life is today and how it is that, right? How the reality actually is that and why it makes sense that it was that in, you know, Genesis. And then the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when like Daniel chapter four and King Nebuchadnezzar is likened to a tree, you know, things like this. And when it talks about like Deuteronomy 32, that their grapes are filled with poison, you know, that they're like a vine, you know, all these things, Jesus calling himself a true vine, the tree calls himself life. He calls himself the tree of life, right? You got the parable of Matthew 13, 31 and 32, where the kingdom of heaven is like a seed that grows into a tree. The birds of the air come and perch in the branches. That is the tree of life with the spirit coming. Like just so simple. So for me, when I had those moments of doubt, which in the beginning, you know, they're probably much more prominent. And then as time goes on, you just, because you overcome all those doubts, you just don't have them anymore. You know, there's still little things that might come up from time to time, but for the most part, it's like the big waves have gone. You've, 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 answered all those doubts through you know understanding it's not like you just get rid of them but there's an answer for them and that's what causes them to go away so knowing that the tree of life that this teaching of shinchenji is the only teaching in the world that can give the complete understanding from genesis to revelation about the tree of life knowing that in my heart and my mind and how clear and how easy it is to explain it a mystery that's been six thousand years and all of a sudden i can explain it to somebody in five minutes simply in a way that perfectly makes sense of the Bible, that to me proves that anything else attached to that teaching has to be true as well. If that teaching is true, then the source where it came from has to be true. If that's true, then the fulfillment of revelation has to be true. So it's like an anchor. That's what would always like just cause me to, any of those doubts would just fade away because that teaching is unbreakable. Right? Just like it says, uh, I think it's like, what? It's so refreshing to hear that you've had these doubts that you've had your struggles with these things as well. And thank you for pointing out that you are human because I think maybe at this point, our listeners think that you're a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm sure now they're also wondering like, what is this teaching that you're talking about? This is coming up at some point, right? In the series. I mean, Which this whole, the, the whole tree of life and tree of knowledge of good and evil. I know that we did a parable about yeah. the tree, but I don't think we went like all the way from Genesis to, you know, the whole Bible nine yards. Definitely something we deal. could do. It's like, I guess it'd be like a special lesson sometimes. Um, yeah. I want, cause I cool. want them to look forward to it. You know, you're throwing out verses, like, you know, they're just coming out of like, your <laughs> yeah. nose and, you know, do you do anything in particular to, to do that to like, do you have a special technique for memorizing these verses or did it really just come from being an instructor for this long little everything i guess you know um you do study that's the one of the things when you're when you're a student you're studying so you have to memorize in order to go through the classes you know we have tests right so you do have to memorize certain verses so that's just one mm -hmm. way just actually memorizing them um, but then using them it's just like almost anything else mm -hmm. in the world when you learn something one of the best ways to remember it is then to you know, right away, if you could teach it to somebody else. So if you have the ability to teach this, that's the best way to actually, you know, learn. Cause if you're going to teach somebody, you want to know what you're talking about. So you have to prepare. 
And I've done things like flashcards and things like that, just because I personally want to remember random verses when I'm reading. Cause I like, you know, when you read the Bible, there's like a verse that come up, man, that's such a cool verse, you know? And so I want to remember it. So I'll write it down and then, you know, look at it from time to time to try to remember it. But there's, what do they say? There's 31,000 verses in the Bible. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot. Oh, there's man. Oh my God. How many have you memorized instructor? <laughs> not that many, right? Not that many, but it is mostly just using them. Do you have a life verse? I mean, you know, we were just talking about 31,000 verses in the Bible and how, you know, you've memorized a bunch of them, obviously. 31,000 and I still don't have one. (laughs) Right, because Tina was kind of struggling with this in the beginning where she, you know, I think we were talking about life verses one time and everybody had one on the show. Actually, I don't. I have like a life chapter and, Mm. you know, I was just thinking about how when you know so many, how do you narrow it down to one that you call a life verse? Or maybe it changes from time to time. I don't know. Do you have a life verse at the moment? You know, Mm. what's the sitch with the life verse? There's many different verses that actually have helped me to overcome a lot of the difficulties or um, the hardships that you go through inside of, you know, being a part of Shinshinji. So one of them in particular, we Romans chapter eight, like the whole chapter is great to be quite honest, but verses like 18 and on where it says that, you know, our sufferings, our present sufferings will not be, you know, comparable to the glory that will be revealed in us, you know, and we are going to be those people that actually are you know, used by God in a, in a very amazing way. So being a part of Shinshinji, as I said, it's not always the, the easiest thing in a lot of ways because of how, you know, how much evil things are said about it and how negative it's said. And it's like no amount of, of you telling people, your experience or what you see as the truth of it, they just won't listen. They just believe all the other, you know, all the other stuff. It's really crazy, but it's the most beautiful thing. Like, honestly, being a part of, I wouldn't, I can't even imagine my life not knowing this truth and, or having to give it up, you know? So when they try to destroy it, which is what they're trying to do. I mean, they've had campaigns that say, you know, destroy Shinchenji, you know, kill Shinchenji, that type of thing it's really hurtful because this is, this means so much to me so much. So verses like that or why we're doing what we're doing, you know, that's the thing. I mean, it's really, it's a lot of work because we're working from early morning to late at night. Sometimes we are, you know, and I do it on, I do it because I want to, not because I'm forced to, I do it because I really think that this is important. And so the more people that we can reach, the more work that we can do that type of thing, especially since I have the ability to be able to teach. So you know, giving that, that opportunity, but remembering why we're doing it. So revelation chapter 21 verses one to six are just incredible. You know, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven, and the first earth had passed away and there was oh, no longer. One, any yeah. Sin. You mentioned that a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I saw the Holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. So now God is dwelling with men <laughs> and he says that he will dwell with them and he will be their God and they will be his people. He will wipe every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning i like that one it's beautiful it's that one we can move on to the question that came in from our listener okay and Um, i mean yeah we're gonna switch gears here a little bit and his name is tom he's an avid listener of the podcast and he sends us a message it's not it's probably not something that we normally discuss on this series anyway i mean we used to do we did an old series before where we were discussing more like, you know, personal questions or situations that our listeners were going through. And since we started Road to Revelation, we've been kind of focusing on this testimony and the parables and such. But, you know, I think this is going to be a little throwback to that. And I'm curious how you're going to kind of take this. Anyway, okay, long intro. This is coming from Tom and it reads, hi, Sam, Tina and instructor Aaron. Thank you for facilitating the podcast faithfully. I enjoyed your topic last Monday with Migo about death and resurrection. I am curious about how I apply it in other facets of my life, especially my relationship with my parents and my romantic relationship. Just a caveat, Mm. this relationship is not promiscuous. (laughs) I don't know why he feels the need to clarify that. Okay. I see God and his word. I find comfort in knowing his word. 
However, I find myself hypocritical because I still see myself angry, in pain, and sometimes vengeful from all the unrecognized traumas I have enabled in my life. Those became learned behavior. Most of those are defense mechanisms. I do not want to blame, but I always talk about these with my parents. They have a hard time digesting my feelings. Stuff is shrugged off. They think I'm just overthinking, and we always fight. I attract liars and abusive people in my romantic relationships. I realized those are patterned behaviors from my parents that I despise. Destiny is funny because what I loathe is where I am trapped now. I tried making Jesus the center of my relationships, but it seems people I am around are callous and I cannot persuade them to have the same joy in my pursuit or endeavor. I want to die in the flesh so the spirit can be alive and not be distracted by worldly stimulations. How can I consolidate my situation to the perception of dying in the flesh and being alive in spirit? Will I not make them feel left out if ever? Thank you and more power that is coming from Tom. Huh, okay, now that I gave it a second read, because I was wow. doing this earlier and I was like, huh, are we going to talk about romantic relationships today? But there's actually mm. a huge spiritual aspect to this. Yeah. Instructor Aaron, right? Yeah, I see Um, when I first hear it, it sounds like he's got, you know, definitely emotional issues, baggage, if you will, from things that happened in his past, um, apparently from his parents. I don't know what kind of relationship that he might've had with his parents growing up, but it sounds like maybe there was some, you know, abuse and things of that nature of, of, it could be between them two. Or Seems it could be like between, it. Um, so we don't, I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to, I don't want to speculate because I don't know, you know, really what's going on. I definitely need much more information. I'm not a psychologist, right? I'm not a psychiatrist. So I wouldn't be able to diagnose this person in any way, but I, I do, I have done a lot of counseling you know, we do that a lot with students. Of course, we have to counsel with all kinds of things because they go through so many problems, you know, so many difficulties. So I've heard a lot of things and I've, you know, seen a lot of things in my life. And I, I think that the best thing that, you know, anyone can do is, is to get help if they have difficulties, like actual professional, you know, help, you know, to yeah. talk to somebody, you know, yeah. talk to somebody that you can build a relationship with, um, someone that you can trust, someone who knows what they're talking about. I just want to share something to you both and to Tom as well, because this is something um, I think a, a huge part of it was resurrected was my relationship with my mom, Instructor Aaron. And um, this I can say because um, it was actually my sister who told me about it. And it's it was my mom who said that ever since I started studying the word, um, she's just seen so many, um, I guess you'd say improvement. I mean, our, I mean, our, we, we don't really have the best relationship and Sam knows that, but the pandemic and even more so when I started Bible study with Sam, um, she's noticed a big difference. And I tell Sam all the time how, it's really improved my relationship with my family, especially my mom. Yeah, you you guys spend time together all the time, which I didn't even know you mm. did you didn't do before. Oh my gosh, instructor Aaron, I could not be around her for more than an hour. Mm. Like it was that that kind of you know, and I I have a lot of resentment too, like so many of it. Like I was I was asked to do a lot of things that I just didn't want to do, and. Yeah, growing up, I had a, a lot of resentment. Yeah, there was a little physical, you know, Filipino parents. First thing they see when they want to hit you. I've been hit so many times too. But yeah, growing up, I held a lot of grudges. But I just like, for some reason, I I know it's God's work. He led me to this day when, you know, maybe studying the word was the way for me to let, let all of that go. Mm. My big revelation tonight is, my mom just told my sister that Sam was a big, um, you know, she's a big, uh, a new word, mama. Is... <laughs> really ruining the moment, you know. <laughs> she's a, she's a, one of um, the reasons why I, I am what I am now. Oh mm. my gosh. No, like, that good, good a beautiful a good influence, influence. influence. Yeah. beautiful influence on me. 
I do not take credit for that. I absolutely think this has everything to do with, yeah, I think we're like drawing closer to God by studying his word, mm -hmm. because as we've heard so many times on this show, God is the word. And yeah, that whole language of like being born again of the word. I mean, I understand that to mean the more you learn about this stuff, it actually changes you. Yeah. And yeah, yeah so, so it is not me, but I am hundred percent agree. I, love that we're doing it together yeah. you know i mean who knew that when we started co-hosting the show that it would come to this right mm. and i'm so grateful for all of that but so, yeah yeah so but Tom, don't tell your mom your, don't tell your mom and your sister that like i mean make them believe that it's all me you know yeah. like yeah let's not <laughs> right. she totally loves her and shook her but like what, going okay, back i get food now every weekend <laughs> right. from mom, and she is a great cook so <laughs> but like um tom i feel i somehow feel where you're coming from and yeah we're um i'm, I'm just putting it out there um yeah you guys are right i mean i also you know that it definitely changed me you know i had a lot of i mean i think everyone right nobody's gonna grow up perfect and you're gonna have situations and difficulties and things like that and knowing that there's something like really that's this great knowing something that's so big that's happening it kind of does put things in perspective remember one of the guests that they said you know when we talk about these things everything seems so small right yes jam our jam yeah, jam. jam yeah yeah and it's it's true like it does help you to kind of let go of some things because they're not as it's not as important anymore you know it just for some reason when you realize that that this world is not everything and that there is something greater and there is a God and that God is also wanting you to be forgiving. We have to be forgiving, right? It's one of the things that we have to learn what to do, which is really easy to say, not always easy to do, right? Very difficult to do. But if you want to be forgiven, you must be able to learn how to forgive others too. So knowing that and then having that in your mind and, you know, it's funny, they always say things like brainwashing, right? They always throw that term around all the time, brainwashing this, brainwashing that. But if you really think about it, if the word of God is water, right? The water of life, right? And Jesus says, you are clean because the word I've spoken to you. And we're supposed to put God's word in our hearts and in our minds, right? We're supposed to be a new creation. Then really that's what we're doing through the word of God. We are cleansing ourselves, right? We are washing our brains and our hearts. And when you have more of God's word inside of you, the word leads you. You're guided by the word. So if you don't have any of God's thoughts inside of you, then what thoughts are you going to have? You're going to have the thoughts of the world. And the thoughts of the world, a lot of it is self-righteousness, greed, you know, self-importance, you know, all those things, right? And so that's how you react to things. It's all self-centered. It's your world. But when you realize that you are just a, a, a tiny little fraction, a part of this incredible, you know, world of God, then you kind of have, it puts it in perspective, I guess, a little bit more. So yeah. you're able to forgive. Now, does that mean that you just let people abuse you all the time and things like that? No, of course not. You know, I mean, you don't put yourselves in those situations. You try to get out of those situations if possible, you know, things like that. Um, but I'm thankful to hear that, you know, from your parents as well, from you and your, that relationship that you had. And I would hope that that's what this does for a lot of people, you know, learning this word and the more of the word you have inside of you, the more it guides you. Right. God is the word. Jesus is the word. So when they say you will be in me and I will be in you. Right. And Jesus says, if my words remain in you, right, then you can ask whatever you wish. So if we have that word remaining in us, it guides us, it leads us. And then you start basing decisions and thoughts, not just on your own thoughts, not on the worldly thoughts, but you know, it really does make that, that bracelet, right? What would Jesus do? Right. You know, <laughs> that bracelet comes up, but it, it's, it's true. It's true. You really start to think about it in a different way. Yeah. And I think you're maybe now touching on the whole dying to, to, I Yourself, think Tom phrased it flesh. as dying in the flesh, which sounds like, you know, like, you know. Yeah. But, when you first said that, I was a little, I was a little concerned. But right? I, think that's what you mean. I think he means dying to the flesh, right? Right. Yeah. Dying to the flesh, dying to ourselves. I mean, these sure. are words that we see in the Bible. Um, and I guess I was thinking about that too while I was reading this. Yeah, because you hear that a lot. We need to, we need to die to our flesh and we need to die sure. to ourselves, which kind of sounds like 
suppress anything that will give you joy and pleasure because you know it's it's not good for you and we're now good we're now supposed to be doing completely different things you know which i'm sure is not what it means but i guess if we can elaborate on that a little bit like how can we do that yeah. well it's it's funny i guess it is and it isn't because when you start to realize that you're getting your joy from something that is not beneficial and it doesn't give a, it's not a sustainable joy. It's not something that is, you know, a positive joy. You know what I think about it as like just an analogy, you know, energy. Okay. For example, in your body, you know, when you want to be uh, energetic, there's ways of doing it naturally, which is much better for your body and it lasts longer, or you can just, you know, drink an energy drink, right? And an energy drink, it'll give you energy for that moment. But then when you come down, it's you even crash. worse. Yeah, and it's also worse for your body. So think about that in the same way as like joy. If you are trying to gain joy by just being attached to the world and doing the worldly things that make you joyous, it's the same thing. They're, they're fleeting, right? They're not, they're not immortal. They're not, you know, imperishable. Yeah. It's all temporary. It's all perishable. But if you can draw your joy from something that is eternal right then you are going to be shifting eternal yeah well like god god's kingdom like thinking about heaven and like the real the real joy of doing the work of god that's what gives me joy being able to when this kingdom does well when 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 i see somebody come to the knowledge of truth when i you know, am I, when I'm a part of something of one of the organizations that we're doing, when we're doing these events and seeing it, like that's, it's just so incredible. It's like, I can't explain the, the joy that you realizing that God is actually at some point going to be ruling over this world. And it's not going to be greed and money and selfishness. It's not going to be death and destruction and disease. That's what gives me joy. It's not the, the new car that I bought or the new phone that I got. You know, I don't, I don't have a new car, just, you know, using it as an example, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, it's not those things that bring me joy anymore. They don't mean it doesn't have the same, you know, feel anymore. Satisfaction. So, and I don't think that that's possible to do without the word. I really don't. I don't think it's something that you can just, you know, give up. I think it's something that has to be, you know, it's like almost a learned thing right you have to overcome it so not to say people can't give up certain things or or greed or selfish that's not what i'm saying but just where that joy comes from like you can't really be able to tap into the joy of something that you don't know about or don't understand right, right? if you want it to be sustainable anyway. exactly yeah yeah let's touch on this part because this is i think maybe you know, the spiritual side of this whole situation too, because Tom says, I tried making Jesus the center of my relationships, but it seems people I am around are callous and I cannot persuade them to have the same joy in my pursuit or endeavor, right. which I think, you know, me too, when I was starting to come to the faith and I was getting very excited about it and I wanted to right. talk about it to everyone that I bumped into <laughs> pretty right, much. Right, yeah. How know, was that? Can, <laughs> it, it, it's very hit or miss. Some people will be very excited for you. Some people, you know, it's true. You can, yeah, it, right. And, you know, this has come up in past episodes too. Like, how do you share the joy of this faith to the people who are maybe not ready to accept it? Yeah, you know, that's without being disappointed. Right. You know, yeah, because I think that's where Tom is at. Like, I really try, but I don't think it's working. And I'm at my wit's end. Well, I mean, there's, Unfortunately, in this world today, because the way that the churches have been for a while, um, a lot of controversy, a lot of, um, you know, the opposite of persecution, like they're persecuting non-believers now in a lot of ways, you know, like they <clears throat> judging and you know, that kind of thing. So there's been a lot of negative. And then, of course, science being able to kind of crush a lot of the old ways of thinking about God and the Bible, being able to, you know, tear apart the Bible itself or Genesis and things like that. And because people don't have the proper way of understanding the Bible, they can lose their faith, right? They can start to look at Christianity as based pretty ignorant, you know, foolish. Like if you still believe in the Bible in this world today, then you must be, you know, crazy kind of thing. 
But again, it's only because they don't know the real truth of it. They don't know that Genesis is what it really means and things in, you know, revelation is not what they think it means. Um, so when you try to share this with people, there's a lot of people that just don't want to hear it, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want, especially it depends on how you're sharing it too. Mm. You know, are you being boastful about it? Are you being, you know, insensitive to the people around you too? Because maybe they don't want to hear it, but you're bringing it up. So they don't want to be around you if that's all you're going to talk about. You know, and Paul says, when I was around a Jew, I acted like a Jew. When I was around a Gentile, I acted like a Gentile. Because he wanted to be able to, you know, have a relationship with them to buy their hearts. If you are just slamming them with it and not giving them a chance to breathe, or or if if it becomes something that, you know, they're afraid that anytime that you're around them, that's all you're going to hear, then that would be very difficult for them. Yeah. Right. For them yeah. as well. So, so you're saying, instructor Aaron, that um, Tom maybe needs to learn to adjust a little to. I would have to know what he's doing. Like, that's the thing that the little message is so small. I don't know what the problem is. Like, why are they, why are they having difficulties with them? Is it because that's all he's talking about? Or is it because they're atheists? Is it because they had difficulties about Christianity or, you know, what, I don't know any of the details. So it's hard to, you know, really explain, but on my own personal, my family knows that I'm a part of Shinjinji, but when I'm around them, I don't bring it up because I already did. I talked to them about it. Uh, it's not something that they wanted to, certain ones didn't want to hear it. As a matter of fact, there was a lot of persecution in the beginning, went on for almost 10 years. Eventually oh. that all changed. Yeah. We got into the back to the persecution, right? That all changed <laughs> to where now, like they, I have good relationships with them, very good relationships with them, but I don't bring it up because mm-hmm. I know if I do, it's not going to be a positive thing. So why do that? I want, I would rather have a relationship now so that when this truth is made known throughout the whole world, uh-huh. they would be like, Oh, you know, Hey, this is what you were talking about. I'd be like, yeah, that's yeah. Even in my experience, I can only say so much and you have to respect where people are at because I think we all have our time, you know, God calls exactly. us at different exactly. times. And you have to respect that process for each person. I mean, before I decided to check out this whole faith thing, nothing anyone told me could have changed my mind. I had to make that decision for myself. And I mean, there were people around me who were faithful and religious, had no interest in it. But when it happened, it happened. And sure, you can be that influence around these people, but I don't think you can push them too much. Um, but also make them feel like, hey, you know, whenever you're ready, I'm here. That's it right there. Yeah. And just, just letting it be keep, available. Right. And just keep showing those good changes to them. Because I think those really speak the loudest. You know, actions speak louder than words. Right. That's it. So, yeah. You have when, to be the light of the see... world. Be the uh, the pleasing aroma, if you will, right? Of Christ, Ooh, right? In the world. Aroma. That's like what that. it says, right? <laughs> Sound like, you're like the, mm. We're like the incense, you know, that they, you know, but... Everything that can make the world a better place. Like the whole point is if you can make the world a better place, like if you care more, and this would be like just a really great thing in general, but if you cared more about the people around you than you do yourself, and if everybody else did that, then everybody would be taken care of, hmm. right? If it was just us three and I cared more about you two than I did myself, I would do everything I could to make sure you guys were happy and taken care of. And if you guys cared more about the other two than yourself, then you would do the same. If everybody does that, and that's really what God's kingdom is really about. It's not about yourself. Whatever God gives you, you're meant to use to help others. You're meant to use to, you know, make this world a better place. So that's really the essence of it. So like you said, if you can do that and show them that you're a good person, and the reason you're a good person is because of this, then a lot of people want that. They want that in their lives. They're like, you know, that's one thing that actually has happened. People have asked me, how do you believe so strongly? I want that in my life of faith. I don't have that. I want to believe in God and Jesus so much, but I just, there's all these things that I just can't believe in, you know, or I've had doubts here and fears there. How do you have such strong faith and why, like, how can I have that? And there's only the the only way is by knowing the truth. That's it. By knowing the truth and seeing how perfect it is. Because honestly, in my mind, if this is not the truth, and, you know, maybe shocking to hear this from some people, but if the teachings of Shinchinji are not the truth, in my eyes, there is no truth in religion. 
Wow. The- strong, strong yeah. instructor, Aaron. No, I mean, you know, I just reacted that way. I, by the way, I mean, I, I think you feel like maybe you feel the need to kind of preface the things that you say with like, I know this is going to shock you. This is going <laughs> to shock some people. I'm so used to it. I mean, I we're guess. kind That's of like... used to it now. So you don't have to, you know, give us a warning on that. I'll just drop the hammer then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, Tom, I, I hope, you know, our little discussion on your message helps you in some way. Again, as instructor Aaron pointed out, we wish we had some more details, you know, specifics, and maybe we could have addressed them better. But with what we had, you know, this is what we got, Tom. And But Tom and I are friends. Like, we go back and forth That's and funny. message a lot about our oh. episodes and stuff. So, yeah. So, or Tom, whenever you're ready... <laughs> Parents aren't perfect. You know, I, I'm, I'm a parent and I'm not perfect. My, one of my fears is that my children will grow up mad at me for the decisions that I made and, you know, affected them and things like that. So I understand his parents are not perfect. That's probably why they're getting into arguments because he's maybe possibly blaming them for what he's become. They feel like they might've done the best that they could, you mm-hmm. know, and at some point you do have to take responsibility for your own life. You know, there's a lot of tragic, you know, tragic things that happened to me in my younger life, but I've gotten to the point where I kind of made it into a story where it's about somebody, it's like just somebody else. I don't even, it's not even my life anymore. Like why, you know, really cool little thing that somebody, it's just one of those philosophies. It's, I don't know where, where it came from, but it's one of the philosophies. It says, if you're angry or upset, it's because you're living in the past, Aww. right? If you're angry or upset, you're living in the past because you're thinking about all those things. If you're fearful or have anxiety is because you're living in the future, mm. right? You're worried about all the things of the future, but if you're content, then because you're, you're living right there in the present. Now, of course, not in all situations. If you're in a, if you're like in a bad situation, I mean, it's not that, but I mean, in general, like right now, if I don't think about what's going to happen tomorrow, the, the, all the things I got to do tomorrow, if I don't think about the things that I messed up in the past, but I just really focus on what we're doing, you know, you can be happy. So no, that's a good responsibility one. I mean- of your life is important too. Yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking. Yes. I think that is true. A lot of, yeah. Anger, anxiety, all that stuff is because we're, you know, all over the place and not really focusing Thinking about on the conversations that you used to, that you had that oh, I should have said that. Oh, <laughs> why did I say that? <laughs> oh my gosh. I do that all the time. You know, this has been our one-on-one with instructor Aaron. Before we wrap it up though, I know we focused a lot on your being a Bible instructor, your journey, your faith journey coming to this point with being in Shinchanji and all those things and the church and what it's teaching. But I thought maybe we can throw in some super casual questions to, you know, just wrap up this little intimate time that we had with instructor Aaron, because I don't know when else I can squeeze in a question. Like, do you like pineapple on your pizza? You know, things like that. So do you? Sometimes it's not my favorite, but I'm not, I'm not completely anti. I won't throw it. I won't throw anybody out the door because hmm. they brought it in my house. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, All cause right. I, I, I don't really eat pineapple very often either, but it's, you know, actually if I do have it on there, I like it with sausage, like Italian sausage, black olives and, um, and jalapeno peppers. You, you and gotta have the salty sweet. It's got to be salty sweet, you know. It can't be sweet pizza. A little spicy I'm... with the jalapeno pepper. Oh, so mm. good. My, my wife's the one that actually turned me on to that. I'd never had it uh-huh. before until then. But okay, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. What are you yeah. watching on Netflix right now? Do you even have time to watch Netflix? I do. I do. I take the time to do it because I do like to, um, you know, decompress from time to time of of being dealing with like you know students and teachings and things like that because it's a lot of stress from other people, the problems that they have too. So sometimes I like to just. I read a lot. I've been reading a lot of, um, uh, recently I got back into the foundation series from Isaac Osmoff. So I've been reading a lot of that. Sci-fi. Uh, yeah. Sci-fi. It's pretty cool. Uh, let's see, as far as like Netflix, I, I'll watch a, occasionally like Korean dramas with my wife if she has them on, but for the Aww. most part, I use that just to try to learn. Um, <laughs> see, it's funny because like a lot of what I learn in this. And then when you watch certain shows and stuff, it just, it always seems to come up anyway. So there's certain things that like, you're like, wow, that's, that's really interesting. Cause you can like kind of tie it in with, you know, stories of the Bible or things like that. And no, just little things, you know, from time to time, like even the book that I'm reading, okay, the book that I'm reading has a lot to do with, you know, the, the galactic empire and how, you know, man will spread out throughout the universe and, or throughout the galaxy and things like that. And 
Mm. I mean, just little random things. And you wonder, like, is that really what it's going to, could it possibly be like that, you know, in the future? I think, I think when you start studying the Bible, you start to recognize how a lot of pop culture draws from biblical themes. Oh yeah. A lot, right? You just don't know it because you don't know the Bible. Not that I, you know, know the Bible, Bible, but you know, anyway. <laughs> no, and even like little sayings, <laughs> little, little sayings too, like, uh, you know, taking it to heart, right? Or, or it's been written in stone, you know, things like that. Oh, Those are oh, kind of like things yeah. that we say in normal conversation are actually from the Bible. Uh-huh. Yeah. Things like that. Okay. Next question. What is the best fashion advice that you ever got? Fashion advice? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you guys are on YouTube right now, Instructor Aaron is wearing pink, okay? And I always <laughs> admire men who rock pink. It's awesome. It's like, a good it color for me. I don't know. It matches it my is. skin. Know. You know what? It is. It is. It bl- it brings out like the blush in you or something. Right. It's Only nice. I think I think that was you guys. You guys bringing pink. out the blush in me. I don't know. <laughs> Fashion advice. Um, hmm. If at all. If at all. Gosh, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, does your wife tell you how to dress? I mean, is she, you know, <laughs> does she shop for you? Does she tell you to try on no, this not, stuff? Not fully. I mean, I'll, we'll go shopping together from time to time and she'll tell me what, if something looks, you know, decent or not. But yeah. I just, I have, to be honest, I have most of my clothes that I own, I've owned for years. <laughs> years and years and years, you know, like I just, I don't really buy it. I like, I'll buy, you know, occasionally something, if, especially if I need it, you know, during the winter or something like that. But um, and a lot of it, like even this shirt, I got it Goodwill. You know, I like going to shop at places like that and got it for like $5, but it was, you know, brand new. Oh my gosh. Um, you and Tina can hang out. She's like yeah. the master thrifter. Yeah. If things free up a little bit and all of these, you know, pandemic restrictions are lifted and you get a chance to travel, where are you going? Outside of Korea, you mean? Yes. I would love Let me guess. To... San Diego. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> that place is always on my heart. Oh man. Yeah. If I could go back anytime, because then we can go visit, you know, family and friends when we're there too. So that's always, you know, there there's actually, I want to, I really want to see many places in the world. I want to go travel through Europe. My wife's had a chance to live there. I've never had a chance to go there. I'd love to see the old buildings in Europe, but I'd love to see the nature. So going to places that have, you know, really beautiful nature, like Hawaii, so many, that's actually, yeah. that's my hope. My hope is that when all is said and done, that this will give that opportunity where I'll be traveling around, <gasps> teaching the word to every you know country I can you know step my foot in. So that's a hope. And then take time to go snowboarding when I get a chance. <laughs> all right. all different mountains. Yeah. Thank you so much, Instructor Aaron. I'm not very good with lightning rounds, and so you know I thought you did great. And I really enjoyed this time of just like being able to chat with you. Um, yes, it involved a lot, you know, about your faith and, and Shinchenji and all those things, but just to get to know you a little bit more mm. because we don't really get to chat outside of the podcast, right. right? And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wondering too, you know, um, about the stuff. And so thank you for being so, so down. And yeah, I, I hope you guys all enjoyed that and go be a pleasing aroma. You know, that is, I love that. I'm going to move away from like, go be salt and light. I'm going to be, go be a pleasing aroma. Go, go. I love it. And we'll see you next time on the Narrow Door Podcast. Bye guys.